you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important about getting together as community, which is like other people to challenge you and inspire you and comfort you and encourage you. Uh, You're going to miss out on, you know, great music, charming children, delicious cookies. Can't give you any of that through a podcast, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts, perfect preachers. We're your average pastor, helping our congregation think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe even just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday, and we hope that as you listen to this, you would receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't expect you to agree with everything we have to say. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious, loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris, on the second Sunday of Lent... The second Sunday of Lent... We were pink. No. No. No, no. We come to Genesis 17. Oh, Genesis 17. Oh, you're doing like Old Testament stuffy. Yeah, well, um, what I'm doing through Lent is I'm taking both the Old Testament text and the Gospel text Uh and seeing how they relate and talking about them. And what we're talking about right now is the lectionary. And the lectionary is a schedule of readings throughout the Bible that lasts about three years. And so the first year of the lectionary, we mostly read the Gospel of Matthew. And then each week there's a gospel reading, a New Testament reading, which is generally a letter or Acts of the Apostles, an Old Testament reading, and a psalm. Right. And so so you're taking two of those four readings. Right. And we're in year B. We're in year B. Which and, is the gospel of Mark. Right. And we're in a season of the lectionary year so that the the scriptures are organized so that they connect to one another in some way. Somebody yeah. sees a connection. Yes. Which is not always the case. Somebody saw a connection at some point. Whereas in like ordinary time, Time. which is between the big seasons of Lent and Advent, uh, in ordinary time, things might appear a little more random. Well, and what happens is that instead of running, I think of this in my head, instead of running vertically, they run horizontally. Yeah, they run through the gospel. Like through a gospel, through an Old Testament text, through a letter um, altogether. So this week, those two passages are Genesis 17, which is the conversation between God and Abraham. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Abram. Abram's before he gets the H. Before he gets the H. He gets upgraded to an H. Before Sarah gets her H2. Oh. So. And Mark 8, uh, 31 to 38, which is Jesus saying, take up your cross and follow me. It's, yeah, rebuking Peter. Rebuking Peter. And we'll get into that. Okay. But I want to start this sermon with a story. Now, I've heard this story before, but a friend of mine posted it on their blog. And and I love the fact that they gave it, like, context. Uh So from Rowan County, North Carolina, comes this story. And it was about, it's been about Lutherans, but it could have been any of us, right? And And back in the 1930s, there was a major drought going on in Rowan County. And so the Lutherans decided to have a prayer meeting to pray for rain. Okay. Right. That's how it works. Yeah. And this stern old Lutheran pastor, which is just like, I can totally see this, that my friend described it as a pastor, you know, like, like so German and, you know, was leading the sermon service and got up in the pulpit and asked everyone gathered to show him their umbrellas. Oh. 
<laughs> and nobody had their umbrella. Oh. Nobody could show them their umbrella because they didn't bring them because they didn't drop. actually believe that it was going right? to rain. And so he says, what? The pastor says, what? And he says, no umbrellas. You have no faith. Go home and come back tomorrow and bring your umbrellas and then we will pray for rain. Herr Pastor, well done. Right? Both these passages, the one from the Old Testament and the one from the gospel, are about faith, real faith, not pretty sayings on a pretty plaque. Yeah. But the day-to-day, year in, year out, when it's easy, when there are challenges, faith. I was talking to this rabbi recently, and they told me that there is no word for faith in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. That there is faithfulness. Right. It's an action. There's trust. But there is no such thing as faith, which means like a set of beliefs. Right. And so faith is about the relationship rather than... Yeah. And that's that's really where, where we're headed with this text. In our modern era, we kind of talk about faith as something you have. Right. But it's something you actually have to live. Like you have to have live faith. You don't just have to have faith. You have to live faith. And it's sometimes hard to do in the midst of things of promises from a God we can't see. Mm. Or or when we've lived life a little bit and we begin to see that things haven't worked out just the way we would plan them. Yeah. When we get a little bit cynical. A little bit cynical. Just a little bit. Um, There's this great op-ed in the New York Times. It says, uh, go ahead, millennials, destroy us. <laughs> and it's talking about like, oh, you guys still have your hope. Look at how cute that is. You know, like it's, right, it's right, almost right. a little bit condescending. But it's it's this mix between cynicism and admiration. Right. Where they're going like, oh, you guys have gotten so much done in the last week because you're enraged and you don't realize all of the things, all of the barriers that are in the way between you and getting the thing that you want done, done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, ride that high. Go right. ahead and ride that. And you know what? If you take us out in the process, we deserve it. But we also recognize that it might not last that long. And I just thought like, okay, yeah, we do get a little worn down, don't we? Because this is like a Gen Xer. This is right. not an older person. Right, right. Gen Xer saying, you know, they've lost that fire. And how do we hold on to that? How do we exhibit faith? And it happens again and again, right? Like, it's not even like, once and done, we're done with faith. Yeah. We have these waves of sometimes, like you say, riding that wave of righteous indignation, perhaps, or whatever. Faith in the midst of all that is challenging to us and trusting that God loves us and wants us to be well often seems out of reach. Yeah. And then there's those moments that it seems like it's really in reach. And Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah, if you join their story later, well, Abraham's 100 years old super old and he had been promised well god promised that he and sarah sarah would be the people who would parent a nation yeah parent a people Uh, they're gonna have as many children as there were stars in the The sky sky. and here they are when we come to see them at this point that promise that god made them was 25 years old right that promise could rent a car without buying extra insurance right my my theme for for the season is the the desert between what has been promised and what is fulfilled mm-hmm. and they know what that desert feels like yeah. they've been living there a long time yeah they've gone to the land that god promised but it's still not fulfilled and maybe it's too late right maybe they heard god wrong mm. right like here's a moment where you have to they, they've been you know faithful They've been living this out, right? Yeah. Even in the back of their mind, they're going, maybe this isn't going to happen. Right. right. Well, either God isn't strong enough to fulfill the promise, or we made the mistake and thought that God was promising this, but we were projecting something. Like, right. Or right. God made the promise and just doesn't care about us anymore. And it's into that that God promises yet again. Hmm. That the story, the story change, you know, it doesn't change. Like their, their life does not 
change in that moment. It's not like God is running for a second term. Right? (laughs) I'm going to make the same promises I made before. Abram and Sarai, they're not done making mistakes in this promise. Like, we're not even to the stories that make the real mistakes, right? They're still in this place of waiting. But even through false steps and misunderstandings and ordinary humanness, they remain connected to God. Even if for 25 years, they don't see evidence of what has been promised. They say, well, this is what we've been promised. We're going to we're gonna work on this or work our way through this, right? That faithfulness that you're talking about, that you mentioned, you know, that, that helps them to respond to the way that God is reaching out to them, even if it's not the fulfillment, even mm-hmm. if it's not the way they want it to look. So God in this story reaches out to them and changes their names. I mean, that's kind of annoying in our modern world, right? Yeah. Well, I guess if you made the promise to this other guy, (laughs) and I'm not him anymore. Yeah, no. You know, I think about, like, changing a name in our culture is, like... A legal process. A legal process that's hoops. Like that episode with Phoebe where she changes her name to Princess Banana Hammock. Yes. I love that episode of Friends. Yes. Chris has been watching Friends again. I have been watching Friends again. (laughs) It's a great episode. Right. So God changes... Abram and Sarai's name to Abraham and Sarah as a mark of the covenant of the reaching out that God was doing. Does it change the meaning of their names? Do you know? It, do you know the? I think it does. Like slightly. in the baby name book, like if it changes what probably the name does. means. Yeah, I don't. I haven't looked that up, but probably does. It changes their name a little. Because otherwise, I'm not sure what adding an H does. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to look that up. Okay, maybe you should link that in the notes. Yeah, like I'm gonna do your research for you. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Hey, I tried, guys. I know. The, here, here's a moment when they have an outward sign of an inward experience. Mm. And names have power, right? What we call each other, what we call God, and what calls God calls us are all powerful things. That's why we, like, if you're having a baby, you know, my friends, when they've had babies, you know, it's a whole long process to figure out what to name the kid. Mm-hmm. Names matter. <laughs> names matter. You're going to be living with them for the rest so of your life. life. Unless you go through that legal process. <laughs> to change something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And this name change signals the beginning of something new, a new relationship. You know, you could even, you know, sort of like they get to be on first name basis with God, right? Like, yeah. Like, hey, God, you changed my name. Can we get on with this? Yeah. <laughs> but the way of being faithful is not yet done being difficult. Mm. Just because you have these moments, you know, you can see, you get that glimpse of the big picture or or the, the sense that you're in the right direction. It doesn't mean that, like, everything's going to go totally smoothly. And then then we, we come into thinking about the text from Mark. Jesus changing Peter's name? Jesus Peter, Peter's name, right? Well, he's, he's just not, given Peter a nickname. He's rock. just given him the rock. Rocky. Rocky. Was what he called him. And um, then all of a sudden, Peter gets a different nickname, which is less perky. Less perky. Less, less short. Well, Stumbling block, you mean? Well, yeah, I or mean, we, he calls him Satan, which <laughs> yeah. is like the, you know, the advisor in right. the book of Job who questions you to make sure you know your stuff. Right. Yeah. So what happens in the, in our, in our Mark text is that Jesus begins talking about what's going to happen, mm-hmm. what we're headed for here in Lent. The Including crucif- the ugly parts. Yeah. You know, Good Friday and burial and death and torture and. And the waiting time. And the waiting time and all of that. And Peter goes, um, that's not how I want that to happen, Jesus. Can we change that plan? We're, yeah, nothing nothing will happen to you. We'll protect you. We're going to make, it's going to be perfect. It's yeah. going to be sunshine and roses. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because I, I got to go this way. Yeah. 
I gotta go this way. Yeah. In other words, don't test me here. Don't push me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a step too far, Peter. <laughs> see the line you see the line no, no. you can't see it because that's how far past it you are <laughs> exactly exactly in this reading not only is there that the the thing where where jesus is talking about the great suffering rejection and death that he has to experience but the next section is uh where jesus says those who want to follow me must take up their cross and follow me mm-hmm. um, and both so not of those, only am i gonna die <laughs> you're, you're gonna, gonna die, die too both of those are are what Bonhoeffer would call the cost of discipleship. Yeah. The cost of following. And I don't know about you, but like that doesn't sound like the best deal. <laughs> <laughs> we do like to shop for deals. Right. We are um, deal shoppers. Like, I don't know I think, that anybody has a better one. Right. I agree. Yeah. I don't think there's a better one. I'm not saying it's a bad... I mean, it just... You know, when we when we first hear it, that, that automatic sense of like, ooh. Yeah. And it should shock us a little bit, yeah. right? Sphincter clenching fear. Right. Like what what have I signed up? What am what am I in the midst of? You know, Peter is there and he wants he wants the glory track, the prestige track, and he says, Well, we can make that happen. Yeah. He wants right? to give Jesus tenure. You're gonna hang out, you're gonna be here forever. We're gonna we're gonna do it this way, right? And that's not what he gets. What they get is you're gonna do what I am doing. Yeah. You're gonna have to do this hard stuff. And and that's what glues these two passages together. Mm-hmm. Is that it is always easy doesn't happen the way we want it to happen but faithfulness leads to something more as you say it doesn't sound like a great deal but i wouldn't do it any other way yeah yeah well who wants a savior who says no no this is too hard for you, you. challenge accepted challenge <laughs> right well, and personality was, flaw of mine. I was just going to say, say so, so your personality says challenge accepted and mine goes, there's a good way. There's got to be a different way. There's no, 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 way. not a different way. This is a good way. Let's follow. Let's, let's see where this leads. Yeah. Because something's happening here. Something is changing. Something what is shifting. Right. And this is essentially what it is to be a Christian. If you can't hang with this. Then it, the other part's never going to make any sense. It's never going to make any sense. This is where the rubber hits the road. And being faithful is difficult. But it's not impossible, and especially as we believe that nothing is impossible with God. And so there's hope in here. Well, and that everything is redeemed. And everything is redeemed. no suffering should go to waste. No. 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 And sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we let it. Yeah. But we can turn that over. Great. That there's something to be said in the the waiting, in the awkwardness, in the the places that don't go the way we would want them to go that help us see more of who God is Mm. and how God is working and allows us to reach out to people in ways to, you know, to be hands and feet in ways that we wouldn't necessarily have otherwise. So anyway, that's where we went. I uh, I was just thinking about the name changing thing. Mm -hmm. Did you see the the family? And I think it was, it was either in England or new England. <laughs> where they did a birth announcement for their adult child. They Who didn't change their name or something? It was a trans woman. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. trans woman and they they did a birth announcement and they said this child was accidentally introduced under the wrong name. Oh, wow. 18 years ago. And we'd like to introduce to the world our child, our beloved child and their name and how awesome they are. But it was like a way for the parents to affirm mm. who that child was, right? And who they had chosen to be. Uh, by saying, okay, we're, we're going to change your name, but we're not just going to change it behind the scenes and make it right. legal. Like, well, we're gonna, you're changing your name and, and we're going to claim that. We're going to claim you. Yeah. We're going to claim that name. And so I just thought that was kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, one of those things that's also not easy mm-hmm. um, for folks who are making those decisions, but 
that hopefully leads them to liberation and and freedom right. and and claiming themselves in mm-hmm. some ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a woman in my congregation who actually changed her name at one point, um, and for her it was a it was a spiritual directive, like God said, change oh. your name. Interesting. And it really gives her a an, sense of purpose. A sense of purpose. Yeah. And it's really fast. It's really it's really cool to claim who you are. To claim who you are mentioned to me one time what her old, her other name was. I, I don't even remember it because that's not who she is. I just remember the couple in seminary that got married and they, they were all about being against the patriarchy uh-huh. and they didn't want to take either of their names. Right. And so they created a new name that mm-hmm. identified them as who they were and how they had met and how they were going to form their family. And so they became the singers. Oh, interesting. Because they met in choir. Like, <laughs> so they became the singers because they said, you know, names were professions before. And this is where we feel most alive in God, this is our calling is to be singers. And so we're going to be singers. And I have friends who changed their name when the birth of their two children. Oh, it's like a name that's like related, but isn't either one of their names. And it's, and it's a great name, but it's just funny. You know, like yeah. you, you know them for years is one thing. And then they had kids and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. It's like, <laughs> like the episode of West Wing where uh, president Bartlett is describing going on this international trip. And every time they go to a place and they meet people, his guide introduces him as this name. And he doesn't know what the name means, but people would give him free stuff every time uh-huh. they explained who this guy was. Oh, you know, this is who he is. And they would say, oh, my gosh, okay. And they'd give him free food and free uh-huh. trinkets and all this stuff. And he said, eventually, he asked, what does that mean? And they said, it means father of daughters. <laughs> and so everybody had, which is, of course, kind of a sexist story, but it's right, like right, right, right. the idea of, well, who are you? Right. Who are you really? Like, really? You, you know, you're the president. Yeah, yeah. What Whatever else are you? Are you? Well, you're, right. you're somebody who's trying to raise three strong-willed daughters. Like, right. well done. Well done. And also, you're going to need some help. Here's some compassion. Right. Because <laughs> it's not an easy road. Yeah. I just, I think about all the ways that we think about names and we deal with names and, and how you know, meaningful they become for us. Like I think about my mom who I've always known her as Helen, Mm -hmm. but when she was growing up, she was Patsy because her middle name is Patricia. Uh By the time she was 16, one of her boyfriends convinced the family that she should be Pat because that seemed more grown up. So, um, and he gets to decide that, I don't know why. He, I don't know some, how he convinced that. I'm sending him some RBF through the ages. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> through the decades. He's getting some RBF from me. Um, but but what's so funny about it is is that my mom's side of the family still calls her Pat. So when I was a kid, I was like, who's Pat? Yeah. Because we could get gifts, like like magazine subscriptions, I remember, from one of my cousins. Mm-hmm. And and it would be to Pat John, my dad. And um, and then I finally realized that was her. <laughs> oh. And, and it's still and it's still funny because you know there's been much longer that she's been Helen to the most of the world uh-huh. and people and there's there's this small group of people that still call her Aunt Pat. Pat yeah you know yeah my dad has a different name at work and in his current life than he did growing up oh interesting uh, yeah because all of the all of the guys in our family on that side are named the same thing mm-hmm. the same first and last name and then they go by their middle names mm. and so the first time i realized he was being called by a different name i was some somewhere in elementary school <laughs> i was just like that's not his name <laughs> anyway, who are you talking to what are you talking about oh no he yeah. goes by that name here okay well yeah nobody's gonna well, call him I that think, at home yeah well and i also think it's a person who has a name that can be shortened mm-hmm. as you do as well yeah um which i use to my advantage <laughs> yes you do i'm not a sue no I can't, no. Right? No, 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 no. Um, and, and so it's really funny, you know, that's just one of those things I could just think about how important that is. Well, thank you. 
And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have any questions for us or stories about your own name, perhaps, or about some of the crosses in your life that you've been called to take up for the long haul, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleep In, or at sundaymorningsleepin.com which is our archive and which has links to a lot of the things we've been talking about today, but not to the meaning of Abraham and Sarah. <laughs> You'll have to go look that up you yourself. You have to go look that one up yourself. So the scripture is Genesis 17, 1 through 7 and 15 to 16, and Mark 8, 31 to 38. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And we end every podcast and every worship service with a, a blessing, a, a sending forth of something to hold on to and to go forth and think about. And, and mine is to be faithful, to figure out where God is calling you and go in that direction. Even if it seems like you're just waiting, waiting is important and God is with you. So go forth. Amen. Amen. Amen.